My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Omnistitch Podcast. Hello, Stitchers! Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Omnistitch Stitch Podcast. <laughs> podcast podcast yeah yeah <laughs> happy belated valentine's day everybody. happy belated valentine's day and happy belated super bowl happy belated super bowl go chiefs yeah we're happy <laughs> i was jumping up and down and screaming when they scored that final touchdown holy cow that whole thing was such a ride it was crazy yeah it was it was the battle of the defense yes which we were talking about this a little bit ago you guys <laughs> knew we had to talk about super bowl come on you know we had to yes. talk about it well so it was exciting it was exciting so we you know, I was, it was the battle of defense and I got to give it to the chief's defense because they were on the field more than anybody else. That's true. And they, they kept showing time. like Chris Jones and he's just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they battled it out and yeah. they made things happen and they kept the 49ers from, you know, marching down the field. Because they usually do. Yeah. And it was all it about, was scary. it was all about the kickers. Right. We had the, you know, the record holding 55 yard yes. field goal from Moody. Moody. And then, and then <laughs> Bucker, who has the best name ever, was like, <laughs> hold my beer. He's like, turn around. Yeah, hold my beer. Here we go. We got 57 this. yards. That's so crazy. The Super <laughs> like Bowl. Two man. minutes later. That was insane. Super Bowl. Oh, such a good Super Bowl. My kids were way into it. Oh, good. Um, and we, well, they were. Of course, into the food. So the, here's a rundown <laughs> of the food that was requested of me food. that I made, right? So for the morning, mm. we bought a special waffle maker. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a stuffed waffle maker. Yum. So it's called the Stuffler Ooh, on Amazon. Fancy. Go buy it. Okay. The Stuffler. And it's made for you to... Yeah, it's a Belgian waffle maker, but you stuff the waffle. So I made Monte Cristos. Yeah. So yeah. So it's you know ham and mm -hmm. turkey and Swiss cheese uh -huh. inside the waffle, and then we put powdered Syrup. sugar. Oh. Uh, well, it could have been syrup, but we did powdered sugar. sugar okay. And um, used my apricot jam that I made. Oh yeah. It was so freaking good. That is so it was cool. So good. That was my favorite food of the Super Bowl. And then you know made like little smokies in the barbecue. Okay. Uh, you know barbecue sauce. Yeah. And then. And I had Hawaiian rolls with that. And then we had um, nachos. I made nachos. this like huge skillet of nachos. And then I saw this on TikTok. It was like a pizza pull apart. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Did I've you see this these. on TikTok? Yep. It was good. Yeah? It was Did good. Like yeah. It? So I made it in like a bunt pan and I just, oh, you know, nice. cut up the, I used the pizza dough, like the rolled up pizza dough that you yeah, buy. And easy. I just like chopped that up and yeah. then, um, with room in there. Yeah. With, uh, do you know that you can buy like sticks of garlic butter? You don't have to make your own garlic butter. You can I've buy sticks seen of it. These, yes. Uh, <laughs> Vons. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Out, uh, yeah. Bottom at Walmart. So I bought okay. a stick of, you know, so I just melted that and poured that on Yum. there and then put some mozzarella and some, um, Parmesan cheese and some pepperonis in there and just mixed all that in there. <sighs> Look at you. It go. was good. It was easy. And so those were like the big things that I made. And then we had like veggies that. and we had fruit and, then, you know, because we got to balance all that out, right? Got to have a little bit of fiber. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of food, lots of Super Bowl food. And the kids were like, we were, you know, eating that kind of all day. And they're like, so what's for dinner? And I'm like, no, this is it. This I'm is, not cooking uh -uh. any more food. You yes. eat whatever this is. Keep snacking it out. <laughs> this is, That's this crazy. is today. 
And so it was fun. It was good. it was a really good Super Bowl. Yum. I was out of my mind jumping up and down. My girls made posters. My so oldest cute. daughter made the best poster. She made her her Chiefs poster because you know we were rooting for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Her Chiefs poster was Taylor Swift wearing a Chiefs T-shirt. That was her <laughs> poster that she made. You, and, you should have posted it and hashtag Taylor Swift, and she could have seen it. Oh, maybe still I still it. can. Yeah, we'll still do that. I, I'm pretty sure my husband posted it. On, oh, on yeah. Well, Facebook I saw him post them the making. Oh, them making it. Yes. Okay, so I th- yeah. He took a picture of her holding it. So I'll have to like post it because it's it's so cute. It's adorable. Yeah, yeah. She did so good. She's like, I'm not used to this art style. She doesn't draw like human faces. I'm terrible with realistic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was was so good. It was it was cute. It was awesome. We had a blast. Yes. I'm sad football is over. I'm very sad. But it was a really epic game. Yes, it was. It was. Crazy. it was a good Super Bowl. Yeah. And the 49ers were, they were complaining afterwards. Like, we didn't know the rule oh, change. That's I'm like, stupid. yes, you did. Yeah, yes, my, you did. My husband was like, if I know the rule change for the Super for overtime, they should have known. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, right. Yeah. Um, can I give a quick shout out to the Nickelodeon broadcast? <laughs> Did you, Did you watch see it? any I of it? I didn't see any okay, of it. Okay, so well, we were watching the regular broadcast, but every once in a while, after a play was happening, my husband would, he would change on, it on over. his phone. No, well, oh. he, just people were posting snippets yes, of it yes. like crazy, and so he would pull up a snippet, and he would just be dying laughing because right. it was so funny. Uh, Dora the Explorer was. We saw that one. You know, telling you know, telling all works. the rules and, I and loved everything, that. which was brilliant. Yes, I loved it. That was, was smart. Like, can you say? <laughs> no, that was clever. I thought that it was that was really, really clever. And then Patrick Starfish and SpongeBob. The thing that had us rolling is um, there was a, a, a somebody fumble. I think it was a fumble. I don't, it could have been a fumble, or he just dropped the ball. He didn't grab the ball or whatever. Uh huh. And it was like you know it was a big play, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but. Um, we watched the replay of it from Nickelodeon and you hear Patrick Starr in his voice going, you have to firmly grasp it. <laughs> and then SpongeBob goes, firmly grasp it. And it was hilarious. Oh we were laughing gosh. so hard because of the way that they talk and the that. way that they point oh. out the obvious. It was brilliant and hilarious. And so we tried to switch over to Nickelodeon halfway through, but we couldn't do it. I don't know why. Oh, weird. I don't know. We, I don't know. Uh, we don't, yeah, I couldn't find it. Well, but, we don't have like, super cable so yeah <laughs> we have very basic cable <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so yay super bowl it was so much fun that's so awesome yay. yeah we had so much fun go kansas go yeah go chiefs yeah go man. chiefs back to back baby city man uh-huh. and um what else happened this week oh valentine's day valentine's day that was it was good <laughs> <laughs> it went really fast you know it's it's a wednesday so it's a tough day so my husband and i actually went out the weekend before so we went out last saturday our kids were at a party oh, and so we took good. that opportunity to go out and have some margaritas and some mexican food Look and at that it was so much fun That's it great. was such a great night where did they party at a friend's house at a friend's house cool. it was it was a friend's birthday nice. and and they're all friends because so it's my oldest daughter's best friend okay and he's a boy so he gets along really well with my son ah uh, perfect yeah and they yeah. game together yeah. and they have a great time and then he has a little sister who was very best friends with my youngest oh so that works out they so get well. together Look at that. yeah so all three of them go Lucky. and the other two come over and they all play together and have a great time love together. it yeah 
Good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys got out. Yeah, we got out. We had a good time. We had Uber, Uber fa. Uber fa <laughs> on, on Valentine's <laughs> on Day. Valentine's we Day. had Popeyes on Valentine's hey. Day. Yeah. I, my son had a baseball practice. And so afterwards I was like, I'm not cooking. Let's just go yes. get Popeyes. No, I don't like cooking on, on, on Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was nice. And nobody was in line at Popeyes, which is a rarity. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, it's Valentine's Day. People aren't probably going out to get chicken. But yeah. um, it's so good. Perfect. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great hearty meal. Yeah, it's a good Day. little, good it's a good little, you know. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, we exchanged gifts the day after because there's, it was craziness this week. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I I just gave um, Hubs something that he wanted, which you're going to laugh. Uh-huh. It's a, it's not a Funko, uh-huh. but it, it's like a, they got it at Target. It's a toy. Do you ever see the show Dinosaurs a long time ago? I love dinosaurs. Okay. Not the mama, not yes. the mama, not the mama. Yes. yes. It was my favorite show. We have DVDs of it that okay. I made the kids watch when we go camping. I have it all. <laughs> so there is a toy replica of the dad. <gasps> yeah. Yes, and he loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's I was like, so good. Here you go. Earl and, Sinclair. Yes. That's his name. That's right. Uh-huh. Um, See, so I told you. I know. You, great, you were awesome. Yeah. Because I know. I know. You're yeah. cool. It's okay. so fun. <laughs> it was such a great show. I love dinosaurs. And then... Um, he was like, give me your Amazon list. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So he picked something out. I just kind of sent him a few things. And this is hilarious. But I'm, you know, trying to get into shape. He got me one of those, if you watched on TikTok, those cool steppers. Uh-huh. It's just like a cool, like you're standing and watching TV. And you just and go you just up and down. Steppers. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. If I'm like just standing there, if I want to do, I play video games. Standing, uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's going to help Nice, me. nice. Yeah. I like Elise Meyer. Have you watched any of her? I watch her videos now because of the retro granny score that we now did last time. On I'm her. hooked on her. Okay. She's so fun. She's cute. Elise, if you ever listen to this, we <laughs> would love to do a podcast with you sometime. Because like, she is our people. She I think is. we would get along with her so great. Mm-hmm. I think she's awesome. She's I love sweet. her. And so I have so much fun watching her stuff. Yeah. And uh, she did this whole, I have to do this. She did this whole Taylor and Travis thing where she, um, last year, when Travis Kelsey won the Super Bowl, they had a they sh- there was a clip of him dancing to "Love Story" at the after party. That's and right, I saw and that dancing clip. to it. Right, yeah. This year he got to dance with Taylor yep. and make out with her to, to "Love her Story" yeah. after winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? That was great. So she had it's this whole thing. She's like, "I'm dying. It's so perfect." That's it's right. So cute. It she was, is cute. Yeah. So anyway, yay. But anyway, yeah. There's my stepper. That's my, yeah, that's, that's cool. Kid. That's cool. So yeah, crazy week, but it was so much fun. I got my husband cologne because he's been asking for cologne for a little while. So that's I right. went to uh, several different stores <laughs> and I wound up smelling like so many different Did things. Your nose hurt. It was driving me crazy you have the whole to bring, rest of the day. Um, you have to bring coffee beans with you. Coffee beans mm-hmm. that gets rid of the smell. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Ooh, good so, tip. It was. I think it was at our Bath and Body Works at mine at, mm-hmm. in Fallbrook, but they have a little, little canister. So after you smell a bunch of things, you smell the coffee beans, it like erases your oh, smell. Oh, like, that's brilliant. Your palate. That's brilliant. Yeah. So next time you have to ever do that. Yeah. Bring coffee beans bring with coffee me beans. and then I'll just snack on them too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not so chocolate good. covered. Oh, well, okay. 
<laughs> but anyway, you got your cologne. Yes, I got him his cologne. And where was that at? It smells wonderful. Bath and Body Works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the mahogany teakwood. It smells so good. That's I love a it. Really good scent. Yeah. Well, I, it made me because we got. I don't know if you gave us the candle. I did. You did. You gave us the candle. I always give you that candle. And we burned it so fast because <laughs> we love that scent. It I think I gave so you. Good. Did I give you the one? It's like the intense one too. There's. One I think so. Maybe. A while ago. I don't know. We were obsessed with it. We were yeah. just like burn that guy. Oh, it smells mm-hmm. so good. So now my husband smells good. So whenever he's around, I'm like, <laughs> smell him. him. I love that. <laughs> I'm so definitely a, like for senses. Smell is like one of my strongest and I love it. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, it, you know. well, I was wearing this sweater when I was testing. So I oh. probably smell Do I still smell? Oh, oh, yeah, oh I yeah, smell it. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't mind me. I'm smelling my best friend here. <laughs> uh, what are best friends for if yep. you can't like smell, smell each them? other's arms, right? <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we have a lot to get to today. Yes, we have this is the a whole lot. rest of Amityville. Yes, part two is going to be long. So we need to. So we need to hop on that and get yes. to it. But before we get to Amityville, yeah. I have something that I'm in love with I now. I I finally bit the bullet, you guys. We are learning how to do Tunisian crochet. Tunisian. I'm going to buy the hooks. I am very much hooked on this. So wait, it's wait, cool. wait, wait, wait. You keep saying that. What do you mean by buying? Let's let's wait. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to it in okay. stitch time. Are you ready? Yes. Let's get stitching. Okay, Stitchers. So if you ever want to dive into the wonderful world of Tunisian crochet, there are a myriad of places to go to on the internet that give you all kinds of information. They break it down. They tell you everything you need to know. And there's also a ton of left-handed things. Yeah. Okay. So many things. I okay. It. I went to so many websites and I, every time I jumped on it was you know basically the same information to learn the simple stitch but they break it down and it's so nice so there are a special set of hooks that you can buy for tunisian crochet you can use a regular hook if you want to but it has to be a long shaft that's right (laughs) that's what she said long shaft yes it has to be a long shaft because you do load all of the stitches at once on your hook so Tunisian crochet is is in between regular crochet and knitting. You do load all of the stitches on your hook. And you're looking at it because I started one for her and she's staring at it right now. <laughs> I'm so confused. And she's like, how do you load the stitches <laughs> on your hook? The first thing you're going to normal, know, right? That's I was going to say the oh, first thing that you notice that it doesn't look like a normal thing. Yeah, so like, we're dealing with we're dealing with different places to enter the stitch, right? Mm. So we're dealing with bars okay. in the front. And that's what we're going to deal with first are these front bars. Okay. So we have front bars. And if you look behind, there's a back bar as well and then you have a front loop and a back loop if you look at the top but we're dealing with the bars for the simple tunisian crochet got it so i just we're using regular hooks tunisian crochet hooks are long and you can get ones that have wire extensions on them if you're doing a very long project and you need to load like if you're doing a blanket and you need to load a gajillion stitches on it, mm-hmm. um, you can get them with the wire extensions on it. But you also have like regular, just really long Tunisian hooks. You can buy them. They are available. You can see them. Okay. Cool. All right. So, but we are using just regular 
hooks with a long shaft. Okay. Okay. So that our our little sample <laughs> is only ten <laughs> stitches. I'm not immature. You're immature. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Our little sample is only ten stitches. Okay. There are you're always working the right side okay. of Tunisian crochets. There's no flipping. No flipping. No flipping. You have a forward pass and then you have a back pass. Okay. Forward and back. And Got then it. that's it. Okay. So we are going to start with the forward pass. And this is the simple Tunisian crochet. So what, what I did just so that you guys have the setup is I chained 10 plus 1, 11, right? Right. And then in the back humps, I loaded all of those back humps on my hook so that I would have 11, what are those? 11 loops. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's so I loaded all of the back hump loops on my hook. So I had 11 loops on my hook. Okay. That's the forward pass. Okay. And so we're going to forward pass. I've already done her a little bit up. So we're going to forward pass and you're going to load these bars. You're all not going to do that very first one because it's already on your hook. Oh, okay. But this next bar right here, we're going to load that on our, on our hook. So you're going to insert your hook under the bar. Is it this one? Grab a loop and pull up. Yep. That okay. one. Insert your hook under the bar, grab a loop and pull it up, leave it on your hook. And you're going to do it to the next one. Just keep doing that. Keep doing that all the way down. So you're going to, Oh my gosh, no wonder you need this. Okay, you you need the long shaft. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to load but all you don't of those be tight though. Right. Cause it's no, that's why they recommend that you use a bigger hook size. Mm. Cause then it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit looser. Right. So you're going to keep loading oh, all okay. the way down. And eventually you'll wind up with 11 loops on your hook. When you get to that last loop, mm -hmm. which is right here. Hold okay. On. This is the last loop here. So at the very end, there's like one more loop there. There's actually going to be two loops. So you're going to go in the front and the back bar there. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you got to wait. I, I know. I'm, I'll wait for you. I went all the way down. She's too fast. Well, I've, I've been doing this She's for like a practice. little bit. I've been practicing it for a little bit. I'm like bit. counting every time. I'm like, do I have <laughs> <laughs> one, two, Well, three, you'll see four, the first five, nine six, are very obvious. And then the last one is the very end. So you have one more to load. Nine. So you have one, one two, more. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Load that next bar. Okay. That's 10. You're going to wind up with 11 loops because that first loop was already loaded. Okay, and then now you're at the last loop. Okay. Oh, okay, 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 okay. On the last loop, you're going to go through both She's, bars. Okay. Do you uh, see them? Kind of. I it's think. the very end there. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Just like that. Uh, Poke oop. it through okay. and then pull up a loop. Oogie. Okay, there. You should have 11 Holy loops. Cow. 11 okay. loops on your hook. Yes. This is why you need a long shaft. Yes, sir. Okay. All right, now we're going to do the backward pass. That's a forward pass. We loaded up all the loops. The backward pass is this first one. We're going to start with grabbing a loop okay. and pulling it through just that first loop. Got it. All right. Okay. Then for all the rest of them, you're going to grab a loop and pull through two. Grab a loop. Pull through two. Two. Grab a loop. Pull through two. Oh my gosh. This is grab tight. A loop, Hold on. Pull through two. Try not to make it tight. <laughs> That was a weird laugh. Grab a loop and pull through two all the way back. And then that is the simple stitch. So on the forward pass, you're going to pull up a loop and load all the loops on your hook. And on the backward pass, you're going to grab a loop and pull through two all the way back. So you got to kind of really be on the back of your hook so that you can. Yes, that's why you want all of those loops on your. Yeah, move them back, spread them out. 
Oh, you know, a random thought I totally yeah. forgot to mention. <laughs> what did you forget? <laughs> As to I'm mention? crocheting, because this is what I do when I crochet. I start to think about uh-huh. like, did you have you have you heard of uh, Beyonce's new country album yet? <gasps> you played me a little bit of it. It's awesome. I love it. So I think hey, it's so everybody listen if you smart. I'm not even a big country fan, but like, dude, she's so Beyonce. Awesome, man. Is so smart. Yeah. That was a great move. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. It's she, a great and crossover. Like, it's gangster country. I was like, I've never heard of that. Like I've seen people, you know, uh huh. But like, wow. It, yeah, it's, it's a so great fun. crossover. It's I love so it. good. She's got just a beautiful voice. Anyway, yeah. that was yeah, my yeah, random yeah. thought for the day. My okay. little my little Houston girl. Yeah. My my there you go. Come Texas. from the same place. Woo woo. Okay. Okay. Anyway, random thought. But yeah. that's it. That's it. So you Holy did a cow, forward pass it. and a back pass. But why is yours look Tunisian so tighter? <laughs> well, because I've practiced more than look you have. Look at mine. I've got all no, these holes. No, yours is perfect. I know. They they have holes oh, in them. Oh, but you've got already. Because I've done a few of them. The, now I got to do the more. The loops lie down once so you do, go on. So remind me, at the first, you don't, don't, you don't. Um, this very first bar right here, you don't go right. into. But you don't need to pull up a, a loop. There are No, you don't. You yeah, just yeah, enter yeah. that next bar. Okay. Pull up a loop, go under the bar, pull up a loop, and you load them all the way up. That's your forward pass. And on the back pass, you grab a loop and pull through one for that very first one. And then all the rest of them, you grab a loop and pull through two. I love you never that. turn it's a forward pass and a back pass so cool and do, does it make sense now that yeah. it's a hybrid between uh crochet and knitting totally because you're doing it on a crochet yes, hook but, but you're, you're doing the keeping, knitting style yeah, yeah 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 and it gives such a different texture texture and i think it's so cool uh, she showed me her first one she made like from yesterday and it was like all tight and pretty yeah and, like, well i lost cow. my uh, the, i was using a smaller hook oh, and then i can't that find sense. that hook I think I lost it at baseball practice. Dang. <laughs> You're okay. okay. But yeah, so that's Tunisian crochet in a nutshell. This is the simple okay. stitch. And then there are many different ways to enter these stitches. And then there are also many different ways to load and unload depending upon the stitch that you want to do. And you can do all kinds of really cool art things with Tunisian crochet. I've it's Can you change colors? Does yes, you can change colors. I don't know how to do that yet. Yeah. That um be because weird. this is all I've learned so far. Okay. I'm just starting with the basics no and then seeing what I like about this. And I think it's so cool. But like all over my TikTok and my Instagram People reels. Doing it. It's Tunisian crochet and they're doing the coolest things like, and wh- making, what are you making all kinds like blankets like, and Well, no, they're making like different kinds of appliques like um Ooh. they'll be doing these like really cool leaf patterns and flowers what? and and all these really cool just artistic detail things with the tunisian That's crochet so cool because it gives you a look, bunch mom, of look, di- mom. i know you're doing so good <laughs> so good but yeah it's the coolest thing so i want to learn more tunisian crochet you guys can learn with me but yes. i do need to get a set of hooks because i'm i'm hooked on this I, it's so relaxing and fun because you're just going forward and back right but then yeah so you need longer ones because we can do this for you know 10 plus one but any bigger we would have a lot of problems right yeah yeah this is, <laughs> it would be so crowded on these little bitty hooks we can make this would if i make a square be like a trivet Right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is about as big as you know coaster size. Yeah, it's coaster coasters. size. We're making little hey. Tunisian coasters, or we can like 
crochet them together and make a blanket. Yeah, make little we can make little squares and do a whole <gasps> bunch of blankets on Tunisian squares. Tunisian squares. Oh, maybe I'll do that. This is fun. <laughs> it's relaxing, it right? It really is. I mean, crocheting itself. That's why we do this. But right, like this is super easy. Like. You're right. I love this. Yeah, I knew you would. I knew you would. <laughs> she knows me so well. <laughs> okay, guys. So that's it for Stitch Time. We've got to dive into Story Time. So, so cool. you're probably going to have to put that down I as annoying as to. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I want to do all day. Anyway, that's fine. All I want to do is just crochet. I, <laughs> I do want to talk about this, just finish this, because if I don't, I will like have bad dreams because I keep thinking about it. So Okay, are we ready? Yes. It's time for Story Time. <laughs> left off with the Lutzes. Do you remember? Yes. Okay. The Lutzes are, yep, still in their new home and things are kind of being weird and shady. And we're about halfway through the 28 days, right? Close to it. They moved in. We're on Christmas day. They moved in on the 18th. Oh my gosh. Good memory. Yeah. So yes. So we're about, uh, what, seven, a week. We're weekend. A week. Just a week. Just a week. So we still have three more weeks to go. They've had already crazy things happen. Already. The door has been blown off. Black sludge in the toilets and the sinks and oh. Things are going weird. Yeah. And it's just going to keep getting weirder. And George is cold all the time. Yes. Good. (laughs) All right. She remembers. I remember. She remembers. Okay. So now we're on Christmas Day. George awoke again at 3.15 a.m. And he (sighs) gently touched Kathy as to caress her. However, this startled Kathy awake as she screamed, she was shot in the head. She was shot in the head. I heard explosions in my head. Oh, my gosh. According to the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. When the DeFeos were all shot, they were all shot in the back. However, again, this is <laughs> according to this according book. According to the book. Yes. Luis, the mother of DeFeo, was the only one to be shot in the head. Now, this detail was never released to the media nor discussed in court. For some reason, George was obsessed with checking the boathouse almost hourly. And at that crazy time of the night morning, he went back down to check the door. Okay. On his <laughs> way it kept back, opening kept for no opening. On his way back, he looked up at the house and noticed Missy watching him from his window or her the window, right? But mm-hmm. directly behind her, he could clearly see a pig's face with glowing red eyes. No. <laughs> oh, I got chills and I don't like that. Oh no. No, no, no. 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 I don't like that. Pig. Oh. <gasps> no. <laughs> I'm horrified. Yes. Well, it mortified him too because he tore up the house and found her lying in bed on her stomach fast asleep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What did he see? That was in this week's movie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They did include that. Mm -hmm. Now he did notice, however, the rocking chair next to her window was rocking back and forth on its own. (laughs) Why with the rocking chair? It makes me not want to ever have a rocking chair. (laughs) Right? Because you're like, oh, if it moves anytime on its own. No. Oh man. All right. But later on Christmas Day, Kathy and George told the kids not to go into the sewing room. Okay. Yes. Don't go in the sewing room room. according to their priest. Missy told her brothers it was because of her friend Jody. Okay. And Jody. Yes. Was a pig. (gasps) Oh. Jody's the pig. Jody's the pig. Oh, because I was wondering because I'm like, okay, because the, 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 the DeFeo kids, none of them were Jody. Nope. 
Jody is a pig. Jody's a pig. Oh. <laughs> I don't like that. No. The boy Peppa, Peppa's yeah. the pig. Peppa. Peppa. Yeah. <laughs> Not Jody. The boys thought she was being just a little girl and just joking about, you know, imaginary friends. But later, when Kathy went to put Missy to bed, she could overhear Missy talking to Jody about the beautiful snow. Kathy asked who she was talking to. Missy said Jody. A pig that no one else could see except her. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. If your children are seeing things, a specific it's, it's pig, it's though, real. It's right? Real. It's real. Kids can see things. Kids can see things. Jimmy, Kathy's brother, stopped by the house on December 26th. So this is after Christmas. Mm-hmm. As he was to be married that day. Oh, what? Yeah. That's cool. Jimmy, just like the old movie, brought with him $1,500 in cash to pay the balance for the manor for the wedding. He left it in an envelope in his raincoat and placed that on a chair in the kitchen. The family, ready for the wedding, all gathered. But as soon as Jimmy grabbed his coat, he patted the coat pocket, found the envelope was missing. <gasps> yeah. They all began to search the home, but nothing. The envelope of money completely disappeared. No. George said he'd look for the money once they came back and tried to reassure Jimmy, and they all left. Now, after talking to the caterer, they did haggle to take checks from George, even though he didn't really have the money. Yeah, George was like, I'll make a check from my personal account, one for my work account, Mm -hmm. but his personal account didn't have a lot. Mm. Yeah. No, because they spent it all in the the house. house. December 27th. Now, Aunt Teresa on Kathy's side, just like the old school movie, came to visit. And immediately when she came into the home, she commented on how cold it was in the house. (gasps) Oh, Mm -hmm. so she's feeling the cold, too. She felt it right away. As she started touring the home, George noticed a chill and a clamminess in the home and saw that the thermostat, though, was at 75 degrees. So it should be It should not be cold. No. Then they reached the sewing room. Aunt Mm -hmm. Teresa turned pale and commented she wouldn't go in there. (gasps) Yeah. She's sensitive. She's very sensitive. George tried to see if there was something, uh, but there was nothing in the room. He did feel it to be ice cold, but that was it. Then they went up to the third floor. And then again, she claimed, nope, another bad place. I don't like it. So she didn't want to go in there either. Later, as Kathy and her aunt were talking, Aunt Teresa decided it was time to go no more than a half an hour of her visit. Kathy was disappointed because she thought she was going to stay for supper. But Aunt Teresa told Kathy there's something bad in the home and she had to leave. (sighs) So the movie again, the old one. Yeah, the old movie. Very close to what she, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she wasn't a nun. I don't. I still kind of. I have to admit, I didn't listen closely enough to the audiobook okay. to pick that up. I, she could have been. I don't know. Okay. She could have been. Now, later that day, while storing things in a closet in the basement, Kathy and George discovered a hidden room <gasps> that was roughly four by five feet, painted completely red. Red room. Red room. <laughs> this was not in the original blueprints, and they couldn't figure out why the room was built. There was a weird smell in it, and George commented, that's how blood smells. Ew, very irony. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. no. George no, no, said no. he'd figure out how to use it, but said it could be an extra pantry storage. No, no, (laughs) it's a murder room. No, it is a murder room. It is a murder room. Yeah, no, 
Not cool. Not cool. Red rum. Red rum. (laughs) The next few days, strange things kept happening to the Lutzes. And the book really goes into more detail about Father Mancuso. George trips over a large lion statue that was misplaced somehow. Do you, was that in the movie? Yeah, there was a lion. They kept showing the lion statue. I don't yes. think he tripped over it in the movie, but they did show it a bunch of times. Yeah, so it like made me feel. Uh, this is the old yeah, movie, the old not one. the new one. No, um, this it made me feel like maybe the that's where the money went. Like the the lion ate the money. Oh, because <laughs> they kept showing it around. The time yeah, that the, so it's moving yeah. on its own, basically. Ooh. Yeah, so he trips over it. Then his truck's tire bolts were somehow completely loose to the point his tire would have fallen off if someone didn't flag him about it. <gasps> he was driving and they were like, hey, like your tire he comes out all the bolts. Oh, my all gosh. The bolts. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And then George learns about the DeFeo murders even more. Then while doing some more research, he learned that his home was located where the Shinnecock Native American tribe used land on the Amityville River to hold the sick, mad, and dying people of the tribe. Mm. So again, according to the book, they were penned until they died of exposure. However, they didn't use the area as a burial mound because they believed the land was infested with demons. Oh. Yeah. Now, no one knows how long they've been doing this, but of course, in the late 16th century, white white settlers began moving the Native Americans out of the area to the eastern area of Long Island. He also learned John Ketchum was forced out of Salem, Massachusetts. (laughs) Gotta catch him Pokemon. Was that going on in your brain the whole time you're watching the movie? Because it was when I was watching the movie. Ash, catch him. <laughs> yeah. Catch him. Catch him. Catch him. No. <laughs> like, yep. Catch him. Oh. I love that it was with the K. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. So John Ketchum, he was forced out of Salem, Massachusetts for practicing witchcraft. Oh. So we'll go into more about that later. Okay. But allegedly, he moved within five feet of where his current home is today and continued to practice his devil worshiping. Mm-hmm. He was also buried somewhere in the northeast corner of the property. Oh, no. Okay, again, according to the book. Okay. Because I'll go more into detail. Okay. Yeah, foreshadow. Okay. (laughs) Now, Kathy has at this point told George about the strange invisible touches she's had and expresses her worries about the home being haunted. Mm -hmm. Now, December 31st, it apparently snows, which this is also mentioned on Christmas. I'm going to talk about this later. Mm -hmm. Okay, snow. January 1st. Windows are opening on their own on the second floor only. Oh, no. Okay. Father Mancuso discovers he has wounds on his hands that reflect stigmata. Oh, no. Yes. And they look super ragged. Oh, no. Then Kathy sees red eyes from the window. George turns around and sees them, too, and runs outside to see what it was. But nothing's out there. Jody. Yep. Oh, at no. this point, there is still snow on the ground. And Kathy comes outside with her flashlight. When they check the snow... They find a line of footprints that goes around the house. These footprints were not human, but cloven hooves like an enormous pig. pig. Oh, Peppa. Stop it. <laughs> I love that you call it Peppa. Jody. Yeah, dude. Oh gosh. I if I were Missy and talking to a pig, I would I don't think I would like it. I know she likes she's, she's Jody, a little kid. But, she thinks the pig's like her friend. But that's with red eyes. No. <laughs> With glowing no, red eyes. No, 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 nope. no. I don't like that she's a pig. <laughs> I don't like it. 
<laughs> All right. The next morning, the footprints were still there. And when ah. George checked the home, he found them led to the garage where the door was almost torn off its metal frame. Oh, no. Yet no Another one heard torn this. Off door? Another torn off door. No one heard this in the middle of the night. And it would have taken more than human strength to rip this door. It's metal. Oh, my gosh. The garage had everything still in it, along with the small drift of snow, which meant it was off its frame for at least a few hours. Oh, my gosh. So George leaves for work and Kathy's at home and she was startled to see a very spooky face burned into the fireplace wall. Like burned the, into the fireplace wall. She sees so like in the image. back of the fireplace. Yeah. Like 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 the soot and the ash burns exactly. into, into the wall. Was she, it a pig? No. Okay. Very spooky, creepy face. She uh. she like freaks out. She has Danny call for Georgia work, but he had just left for home. However, George visited his work, right? But mm -hmm. he stops at a witch's brew bar where this is. <laughs> do you remember when we talked about this when Ron Jr. ran into a bar? Yeah, 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 yeah. So apparently in the book, it's called Witch's Brew, but it's not the Witch's Brew. It's not Just the Witch's Brew. Okay. All right. So he's in this bar. George stopped in a few days earlier where the bartender swore he was a spitting image of Ron Jr. Uh -oh. Yeah. But anyway, the younger bartender and George started discussing the DeFeos. George asked the bartender if he knew anything about the house itself. And the bartender launches into a story where the DeFeos hired him to take care of their bar at their home, where they threw a large party for their anniversary. The bartender was in the basement when he discovered a hidden room. <gasps> The one that they found. Yep. George played ignorant as the bartender discussed the little room he found when he was storing the beer and kegs in the closet. A keg brushed up against the flimsy plywood and figured it was a secret panel. It opened and the bartender could see a dark space, no light, but he lit a match and saw the red room. The bartender then went on to tell him he had nightmares after discovering the room. Oh, man. Yeah. He dreamed that he'd see people in the room killing dogs and pigs in there no then using the blood for a ritual <gasps> he Ugh. thought that the red paint maybe triggered those dreams but do you see the pig no. now yes there you go jody jody Ugh. after discussing this with kathy they finally concluded there's something paranormal happening in their home there's something strange <laughs> in the neighborhood who are you gonna call <laughs> They wanted to call Father Mancuso back to the home, and that's what they did. And they finally were able to connect to him. They asked him to come back and bless the house, but Father Mancuso, like, he's like, no, I don't want to come back. <laughs> nope, nope. Not going back. But then soon the phone filled with static, and it was disrupted the call, and it ended it. Ooh, static. January 2nd. Father Mancuso blessed the Lutz's home, but externally at his church. <laughs> so like, there's a way to do that. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Like he did in the first movie. Exactly. And then but that the first made him movie go blind. was all crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a little bit too much. He was really over the top. Yeah, drama. <laughs> so, but when Father did return home, the foul smell of human excrement filled his apartment. Oh, no. Yeah. He opened all... He forgot all to flush the toilet. <laughs> 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 it happens i have kids that don't flush <laughs> i know what you're smelling gross <laughs> he opened all his windows checked the toilets checked everything in the rectory but nothing they even hired a plumber but they couldn't find anything oh wow so he was like i'm just gonna light some incense <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'll help incense candles yep 
So with no idea of what to do, the Lutzes, they called the police. A detective came out and saw the damaged garage door and even noticed the frozen hoof tracks. Inside, he met Kathy and the kids and saw the fireplace image as well. And he heard Kathy's tales of the phantom touches. Then they brought him to the red room and gave him their theory of what it was used for. But the detective couldn't help based on their theories, right? Just yeah, talking like, about okay. what's this. And he just basically leaves. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because what are they going to do? What is he going to do? Nothing. You need a paranormal specialist to exactly. come in. Exactly. That night, George could smell something foul while outside in the boathouse. But when he traced the smell back to the home, it was in the basement. It came from the small hidden red room. Mm. It was so overwhelmingly like excrement that he got sick. Ugh. Yeah. He told Kathy he was going to brick up that room. Yeah. Yeah. January 4th. After falling asleep, George was awakened by the sounds of marching band music downstairs. This what? is the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy was fast asleep. So George ran in the hall and could hear the stomping of feet, thinking there was a, at least 50 people in his living room. Dude. Yeah. That's a big living it's room. It's huge, right? <laughs> when he reached the bottom floor, the sounds disappeared and nobody was there. When he went back upstairs, he saw Kathy sleeping two feet above the bed. What? <laughs> she was levitating? She was levitating. <gasps> she was slowly drifting towards the window. No. Yeah. Oh, no. When he tried to wake her, they both fell to the floor. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, chills everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the couch, not Nicole, <laughs> not just so that you guys know. Because, you know, sometimes I hit Nicole, but like, this was powerful. So I'm hitting the couch. This, what? She's floating, dude. <laughs> She she was aroused, asked what happened, and George told her she fell out of bed. He's like, no, I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, okay, cool. She falls back well, asleep. Well, that's not not true. Yeah. She could fall out of bed. But, but from like yeah. feet from the air. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So she falls asleep. He stays awake. Oh. He's like, no, I can't sleep yep, after yep, that. Yep, 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 yep. So later, they try to call father mancuso again and when they finally connected father told them they had all he had already blessed the house but <laughs> <laughs> already blessed you yeah. guys you guys are you're fine. good yeah george urged it wasn't that he let them know about kathy's levitation and other events father mancuso was about to tell them he would help but then a bunch of moans and loud crackling interrupted their call again that you need an exorcism mm -hmm. you gotta this cleanse that is, house this home is not cool <laughs> this man. home is not <laughs> clean <laughs> now that night george heard the marching band again oh no lights were on but nobody was in the room he went into the, the living lights are on, <laughs> but nobody's home. A little bit of country for you because oh, you like Beyonce. It. Thank you. <laughs> Just because of Beyonce. <laughs> but yeah, so he went into the living room. The sounds completely stopped. Oh. But what? he noticed every piece of furniture had been moved. The oh, rugs no. were rolled up and the furniture was all against the walls if it was making room for many people. What? Yeah. The DeFeos are having a party. Okay. I have so many questions. I'm going to, I'm trying to let you get through this. I, I will save all my questions, but like. It is long. I'm still have a lot to go through. I know. But there's so, I have so many questions. Okay. You keep do. going. You'll, you'll, I'm sure I'll answer them. I'm sure you will. Yeah. January 5th. George contacted a few different parapsychologists by Father Mancuso's you, recommendation, George. right? As well as contacting a girlfriend of a friend, Francine. 
So she apparently has some psychic abilities and she promised to stop by the house in a day or so. But then she added, hey, look out for an old abandoned well on the property because she felt the spirits haunting the house were coming from it. Oh, okay. water, 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 yep. people. Sure enough, George had discovered this well by the front steps earlier. So he knew it was there. She was like, hey, heads up. And he's like, oh, she's right. January 6th, Harry the dog was taken inside because George thought it was too cold outside. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to bring him in. Missy brought him to her room to play. But Harry was very hesitant. And after she introduced him to her friend Jody, Harry ran upstairs to the third floor. And he's like, nope, I'm not going anywhere else. Yeah, I yeah, no, no, he's not going to want to play with Jody. I don't want to play with Pig. He can see Jody. Yes, he's he not going to want to play with her. Exactly. Oh, no. Now at 2 a.m., George awoke, not 3.15, but 2. He awoke, but he had this inexplicable urge to go to the witch's brew bar for a drink. It couldn't be drinking at home. It had to be there. When he turned to tell Kathy he was going to step out for a little, he found her levitating again <gasps> about a foot above him. Oh, my gosh. Why? Kathy, stop floating. He managed to bring her back by grabbing her hair. He was like, oh, Oh. yeah. She was back on the bed. But when he turned the light on, he saw she was a 90-year-old Kathy that looked completely awful. What? Yeah, he woke her up. She's like, she looked 90. Like, super old, old, old Kathy. Oh, no. Yeah. So she ran to the bathroom and saw that she was back to normal, but she had long black slashes on the side of her face. Three, oh, my gosh. Three on three each on the, Ooh. Yeah. That's the bad number. That's the bad number. Oh. When he tried to wipe the lines away, they didn't budge. She calmed down after a big fit, obviously. I'd be throwing a fit the whole time. Yeah. And they checked the kids, and they were fine, but they couldn't go back to sleep. As dawn approached, the scars on her face were gone. January 7th. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we got a lot to go through. (laughs) Father Mancuso was called and notified about what had happened that last night. Father Mancuso told them they should leave the home, but George wanted the medium to check the home first. Francine did make it over, and she was able to pick up energy and smells that were unnatural. She picked up some lost spirits, especially a lady wearing perfume. Hmm. that we think that was who's touching oh, yeah, Kathy. Because Kathy could smell that. Exactly. And then she Very thought at first she was nice. She yeah. Was like, oh, yeah. And then she like, like, choked her. No, right? no. Yeah. Not cool. In the basement, <sighs> she felt as if someone was murdered or even buried there. Mm. Eventually, she felt the home needed to be exercised or cleared. Duh. Yeah. All right. January 8th. Well, Jimmy and his new wife, so that's Kathy's, you know, husband or uh, Kathy's brother. Right. They stayed the night with the Lutzes. I don't know why. Don't stay with them. But they stay the <laughs> no. night. Yeah. George and Kathy were startled awake by Carrie screaming. That's Jimmy's wife. Uh-huh. As they went to her room because they're sleeping with Missy. Heads up. Oh, Jody. Yeah. Carrie explained she saw a little boy sitting at the foot of their bed and he looked sick, just like not right. They asked if she was dreaming, but she said no. He was looking and talking to her. (gasps) They felt where the bed where the boy was sitting and it was warm to the touch. Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, sir. After they left Jimmy and Carrie because they finally calmed down, George and Kathy checked on the kids and decided to go around and bless the house themselves with their silver crucifix. Yeah. They started on the third floor in the kids playroom and went to each room except the kids rooms in the living room she started to recite the lord's prayer with a loud humming well when a loud humming interrupted her Uh oh it grew to voices that were so loud it engulfed the two of them and they told them to basically stop 
Oh no. Yeah. So they're like, no. And so they did. And it was Don't listen them. to those voices, right? dude. That's when you keep going. You keep going. But oh. they weren't, they're not ordained priests. So that's well, going to be tough. Yeah. But yeah. you know, don't they watch movies? No. Nope. <laughs> Apparently not in the 70s. Well, has, yeah. Have the, has the exorcist been out yet? Do they know? Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. January 9th. Father Mancuso phoned George. George told him what happened when they tried to bless the home was Kathy and Father Mancuso told him to don't do it again and to leave. Like, again, just leave the freaking house. Leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> Stop trying Stop to live trying. here. <laughs> Unfortunately, after Mancuso discussed the Lutz's case with the church chancellors, because he's like, dude, they probably need an exorcist. They refused to perform an exorcism and said Why? they needed to do more scientific research. No. Oh. <laughs> But Mancuso knew there was something evil lurking. Yeah. But again, he told George, hey, just get out. When Kathy starts screaming, he's on the phone, right? Uh Uh-huh. On the third floor, Kathy was yelling at the kids because all over the walls were green ooze pooling from the top of all the walls. Green ooze? Green ooze piling into green puddles on the ground. No. She accused the kids, but they swore they didn't do it. Like, what? Like, it's all over the top of the walls to the bottom. George smelled and tasted the substance. Gross. Yeah. It's ectoplasm. (laughs) Like, don't taste it. It's slime. It's slime. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He said it was the consistency of jello, but had no taste. Oh, gross. Yeah, gross. Don't do that. It didn't look like it was coming from the ceiling, just the top of the walls. And interestingly enough, Kathy was more discombobulated that George than George about the event. Um, but I think after this discussion with Father Mancuso, George knew something strange was uh, happening in the home. They knew that, but like, it's weird. They keep, you know, taking turns of who's going to freak out about what. Yeah. Yeah. But later, George had a freak out. <laughs> this is his turn. He started screaming throughout the house for whatever was in there to get out. He was just like fed up, right? Yeah. He went psycho, but in the name of God. <laughs> uh-huh, like, yeah. Uh-huh. He was opening all the windows and screaming. The sheriff was made aware what was going on by neighbors because they're like, hey, this dude's screaming. screaming the yeah. yeah. <laughs> they stopped by the home. But when they saw Kathy shutting all the windows again, they're like, uh, let's not bother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, they're like they're this good. is the crazy house. We're just going to let them be. Exactly. <laughs> but something happened. I mean, George did something out to this because then the house started to warm up and it started to feel just a little more comfortable, comfortable in the home. Whoa. Well, so. That's good. Yeah. So it was For sort a little of bit. working. Sort of. However, uh, gosh. <laughs> when they went to sleep that night while George was reading Kathy's Bible in the living room, he noticed the fire reaching out to him, but at the same time felt something icy poking in his back. Oh, weird, yeah. dude. That's weird. It's weird. He ran upstairs to check on Kathy. She was fine. But again, he felt something. She wasn't something... levitating. No, thank God. <laughs> she was asleep in bed. Yes. But he felt something icy poke him in the back. He went to check on Missy, found her windows all wide open, Ugh. and her bedroom was freezing. Missy. He picks her up, and he puts her in bed with Kathy. Then on the third floor, Danny and Chris's windows were wide open as well. Mm. So he picks them up and puts them in bed with Kathy and Missy. All three children were basically frozen, and it took a while for them to warm mm. up. Yeah. January 10th, Kathy calls her mother in a tiz and tells her to come over to their home in Amityville. Kathy was naked in bed with long red welts from her pubic bone to her breasts. <gasps> she didn't want to go to a doctor. So she was like, mom, please check me out. Oh, Kathy, no. So it looked like she was burned. They tried cold no. cream and it didn't work. 
And again, she just didn't want, she insisted not calling a doctor. Yeah, because that, I, I, she doesn't know what happened. Right. She oh, and George were man. worried that they would have to tell the doctor what was happening in the home as well. Yeah. And her mother was super religious. And then she would probably try to call a different priest. But they're like, no, let's just, you know, let's just, George and, and Kathy just like, they wanted to reassure her. Yeah. And the marks will probably disappear like the other marks. Right. Yeah. And she just wanted her to stay with her. She didn't, she needed comfort. Yeah. So yeah, as yeah. Kathy was investigating her slashes, she felt something staring at her. <gasps> she was so afraid to move that she didn't close her robe. Cause she's just laying there naked Yeah. until her mother returned from the kitchen. She's like, dude, what are you doing? Close up your robe. <laughs> yeah. But she felt something like just staring at her. Oh man. Creep. That's creepy. Right? Creepy, creepy, creepy. Once Kathy fell asleep, George sent her, his mother-in-law to go home. This was roughly 4 PM. We're like, She's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. At this point, George tried to research from a library book about witches and demons. And he wrote a few different names down of specific demons. Because mm -hmm. once you know their name, exactly. you have that power. That's what yeah. he learned about. So he calls Father Mancuso and he's surprised to hear they hadn't left. He's like, dude, I told you like three times. To leave. <laughs> Get out Get of the out. house. Nope. <laughs> It'll solve your It'll problems. It'll solve everything. George but you know what? Kudos to the Lutzes for really, really trying yes. to make it work. Like they weren't. They weren't just like, nope, out of here. They're like, this is my house. I'm exactly. going to try. Yeah, they, they tried. They tried. But dude, George mentioned a ceremony to invoke the demons and hopefully remove them. But Father Mancuso freaked out on him and soon the phone went dead, followed by a loud moan. Oh, right no. then, Kathy came down and she looked well rested and the marks were completely gone. So they of were right. Of course they were. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That night, a storm hit Amityville. They were able to bring Harry the dog back in and they sent the boys to close all the windows. But soon George and Kathy heard a loud scream upstairs. Mm. Danny's fingers were caught in the window and <gasps> as they tried to move the window, it wouldn't budge. Oh, Danny. So that movie? part was real? That part was real. Aww. George began freaking out, yelling and screaming and finally the window budged a little and Danny was able to get his hand out. All his fingers except the thumb looked flat oh, yeah this set george into a rage i don't like it when things happen to the little kids no me too he ran everywhere screaming but kathy told him they needed to call a doctor so george went to the phone the line was dead of course it was yeah, the, the storm house, man well the house but the storm did knock down the power line oh, okay so george was able to get out of the house the storm was crazy that he drove danny to the hospital it just took longer than normal um and what was strange was Danny's fingers were flattened from the cuticle to the second knuckle, but no bones were broken or smashed. How but does that happen? It doesn't. It, it Only if it's like a paranormal thing. Oh, gosh. Isn't that crazy? The, uh, they bandaged his fingers, gave him children's aspirin, but they sent him back home. They're like, you, you're, you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah. It sucks, but at least no bones are broken. Yeah. Like, crazy, right? Oh my God. They had planned earlier that day to stay with Kathy's mother, but because of the crazy storm, they stayed home. Uh, January yeah. 11th, 6 30 AM. George awoke to water hitting his face. Uh Oh, he woke to find all the wind. Cause he wasn't asleep in the, in the living room. Right. He find, he found all the windows in the living room wide open uh, as like, if they were torn open uh, when he checked upstairs, all the windows were torn open window panes smashed as well as the doors were open and basically smashed. Ah, uh, they all slept through this. <laughs> Rainwater stained everything from the first to the third floor. Oh, my gosh. Locks were bent out of place, uh, twisted out of their metal frames. Ah. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I told you it was going to be a lot of noises this episode. <laughs> I'm trying to let you talk. You're There's so just going to be a lot of noises. No, it's okay. They all tried to clean the house the best they could as walls, floors, and carpets were drenched with rainwater. I would be bawling. I'd right? be so upset. My whole house is just I, like, destroyed. tried to swallow coffee this morning and I swallowed it down the wrong way. So I wound up spitting it out everywhere and that almost like made me cry. And it was like, <laughs> you know, a five minute cleanup. It wasn't a big deal, but I'm right. like, no. But still, it's miserable. <laughs> I get you. But of course, no other neighbors around them had any damaged windows or doors. Of course not, because you have a possessed house. Exactly. He fixed what he could of the windows and restored to hammering nails to keep them closed or resorted. Sorry. Mm -hmm. The family at this point wanted to stick it out in the home. (laughs) Why? I don't know. Because they spend all of their money money. and it's a nice house. Yeah. And they're like, I'm not going to be pushed around by this ridiculous house. And they're trying so hard. So kudos to Lutz's, but like, I understand the 28 day thing. Like, there you go. Cause it seems like that's a fast to get out of there, but look at everything that's happening to these poor people. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So George decided to bring Harry around the house to see if he could sniff anything out because he learned animals were sensitive to supernatural things. When Harry got near the hidden room in the closet, he whimpered and didn't want to go near it. Mm. First floor was fine. But then when he tried to take him upstairs, Harry refused to budge. Like, nope. Yeah. Not going. No. George forced him up. Missy's room was another area that Harry was reluctant to go into. Right. Yeah. Third floor, Harry moved past the playroom without entering and rushed back down the stairs. He's like, nope. Third floor. Same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. That night, everyone fell asleep together in the living room when the family woke George up. Apparently, he was screaming in his sleep and they couldn't wake him up for a while. Oh, wow. He kept yelling, I'm coming apart. But part of him knew he was saying, I'm coming unglued. Same thing. Yeah. January 12th. Missy told George Jody wanted to talk to him. No. Walked to her room. George freaked out and ran to her bedroom to have Missy say he was outside. He went outside and he'd be back. Missy said that. So she's like, uh-huh. hey, he's outside. Don't worry. Jody will be back. But then when she said he returned, George asked where. And she pointed to the window. And there he could just see two red glowing <laughs> eyes. And Missy claimed, that's Jody. <laughs> don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Kathy comes in. Oh, she sees the eyes. I'm like tearing up. I don't like it. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> That's insane. Right? <laughs> Why am I tearing? She's up? crying, dude. Okay, so Kathy freaks out. Oh, my out. nose is sweating. Like, I'm having all kinds of reactions here. Okay, keep She's going. She's uncomfortably <laughs> I giggling. I don't like the pig thing. No, pig thing, dude. It's creepy. <laughs> Okay, oh, man. so Kathy freaks out and mm-hmm. sees it and she destroys the window. Oh, well, don't, that's not she's helpful. She's like, ah, you know, like the dramatic yeah, movie. That's, like, yeah, it doesn't help anything. Destroying the window isn't going to help. It, you, yeah. yeah, well, but they did all hear a loud squealing and the eyes disappeared. <laughs> oh, no. Right? <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> Fine. I think Jody was just doing that to be dramatic. Yeah. Um, because it's not gonna hurt her. No, it's yeah. not. Oh, Jody. Jody's an afterlife thing. I can't believe Jody's a pig, man. Dude. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right, keep going. All right. Now, after all this chaos, Missy gets up, goes to the window, and waves as if saying goodbye to her friend Jody. 
Oh, God. Yeah. Missy. Missy, dude. <laughs> January 13th. Uh, uh-huh. Note the book follows Father Mancuso so much more. I just, I don't mention more. It's crazy. They just love uh-huh. to mention Father Mancuso. You can read the book, but I'm trying to stay focused more on the Lutz's encounters. Okay. Yeah. But January 13th, yeah, talks about Father Mancuso's path for the Lutz's. So Kathy and George thought it would keep everyone sane for the boys to go to school that day and keep a routine. <laughs> Yeah, okay. But it was hard as they had so much insanity in their home. They fixed Missy's window. George was dealing with problems at work because he's like missing work. He's like, you know, it's, he's going insane. He's missing work. He's not yeah. sleeping. He's His supposed house to do, is falling apart. Exactly. It's too and expensive. He's and... in charge of the tax information for his work. Hey, taxes. Yep. So he had to go in. He's like, I can't miss this anymore. Yeah, it's January. He's got to get, <laughs> he's got... Speaking as the <laughs> wife of a CPA, yep. you, you know, you got to get all that out. It's got to go. Totally. You got to do it. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, they had been in contact with someone at the uh, Psychical Research Institute, and they were supposed to visit. Um, but that person came down with the flu. Yeah. So while talking to this person, Kathy was watching Missy eat lunch and talking to something or mm. someone under the table. Jody. It's Jody. Yep. After her phone conversation, she talked to Missy and she was convinced Jody was a talking angel, even though it was a pig. After some probing, Missy told her mom that Jody talked about the little boy that lived in her room before her and that he had gotten sick and died. And that last night, Jody told her she was going to live in that house forever <gasps> so that she could play with that little boy. No, yes. no, no, no. That yeah. that would be if I was being stubborn like the Lutzes and sticking it out, that would be the moment. No, and I'm like, no, we're out of here, kid. Push you over. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah it no, freaked Kathy I'm not going to let my kid die. No, it freaked Kathy out. When George returned home, Kathy had Missy relay the info about Jody again to him. Uh-huh. Just then Harry started barking furiously and George had to pull Harry back into the home because he wouldn't start stop barking at the mm. boathouse. Mm. Then the window repairman came over around 6 p.m. He was able to help with most but couldn't fix Missy's window because it required a carpenter. That night, the kids were to sleep in the master bedroom again and Harry in the cellar. Kathy and George were sleeping in chairs. But then at mm-hmm. 3.15 a.m., mm-hmm. George awoke to the marching band downstairs again. Marching band, man. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't it's such know. a weird, like, weird anomaly. Like, why? Why a marching band? I don't know. He tried to keep calm about it and decided not to check on it because he knew it would disappear as soon as he'd go downstairs. Yeah. It never woke up Kathy or the kids, though. Kathy then awoke because George was able to fall asleep, but he was screaming And it sounded like two different voices. Oh, no. He kept saying, it's in Chris's room. So George (gasps) thought he was wide awake when he thought a shadow figure was holding him down while another was walking to Chris's room and another (sighs) dark shadow figure picking up and engulfing Chris. No. But Kathy was yelling for him to wake up. And when he opened his eyes, he swore he was awake when the whole thing went down. Oh, no. Now, Chris was awake at one point in the night to use the bathroom, and apparently the door was locked. And it was. So Chris went upstairs, and he said he got really scared because he could look through the floor and see George. Like, (laughs) they're both doing some crazy things. So, yeah. Okay. I have this theory. Okay. I, I... 
there's there's got to be some kind of noxious fume something gas leaking leak. uh, gas leak in the be. house yeah that that's making them hallucinate Super and go crazy. crazy but i mean because they feel fine well i don't know according to the movies they're fine when they're away from the house right so this is like what my i'm trying to think of a practical thing like that could be the only thing i can think of yes that i would probably come to that conclusion but i'll tell you why that's wrong okay, <laughs> okay. oh man this, I just, it's crazy, right? <sighs> so that night, no one fell asleep again except Missy. Because <laughs> Missy like, has Jody and yep, she's fine. She's fine. She's like, I'm going to die here. Yay. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. they all, Kathy and George started rethink about staying in their home because now it's all about their children at this point. Yeah. The children are being great going, you know, berserk. So they were going to pack everything so that they could leave as soon as they phoned the police to let them know. But when they went to call the police... The line was dead. Of course it was. Yep. Because this is a murder house. Yeah. George checked that all the doors were locked. Mm-hmm. And they picked up Harry into the car. And as soon as he tried to start the car, nothing. He went to check under the hood, but it slammed shut from the wind and storm brewing. Then a lightning bolt struck behind the home. What? Yeah. All this insanity. He what? made the family run back into the house. The storm was so crazy big and electricity went out, but they had the heat stayed on somehow so everything was working except the heat because it's gas right i think yeah i don't know so george and kathy felt trapped the children were having fun running around they're like oh yay this is fun (laughs) but somehow the heat kept rising 80 85 90 it was 90 degrees in their home oh my god he checked the oil burner in the basement it was completely off Oh my gosh why is it hot no we don't know the entire home felt extremely hot except missy's room oh yeah george fed up again he started going around reciting prayers when he went into the playroom into the third floor uh and on the third floor playroom he found the green ooze back through the door making its way to the stairs stop green ooze stop stop Stop. he was able to wipe up all the slime but he didn't tell kathy he's like no i'm not gonna scare her about oh my gosh by 8 p.m the heat got to the kids and they wanted to go to bed it finally started getting cooler somehow and george climbed into bed but he couldn't sleep no yeah he was so worried what was happening and in hindsight knew he should have taken the family out of the house yeah get out (laughs) of the house in the middle of the night George could hear something scraping above the boys' room, and Mm. it got louder Mm. and faster. Mm -mm. Nope. Nope. The dresser drawers in the master bedroom began to open and shut. Then he heard many voices downstairs. Then the marching band started again. again. He could even hear them mount the stairs, and he tried to get up, but he felt as if his body was too weak to move, like something was holding down. Oh, like dream paralysis? Yep. Then he could hear the door slamming open and shut. (gasps) The storm then came back harder with thunder crashing down outside. Then he felt someone he couldn't see start walking on him on the bed. (gasps) No, my cat does that, but I know it's my cat. It's your cat. (laughs) But were they hooves? No, not Judy again. (laughs) It was so painful. He passes out. Oh, no. Yes. But when he Uh, woke up, Danny and Chris were next to him telling him there was something in their bedroom. Stop. Oh, my gosh. When George tried to get up, he still felt too weak to move. Harry was barking and growling at the stairs. Finally, somehow he mustered up to get himself out of the bed and he Uh ran to look at the steps. A gigantic figure in white was standing in front of him. Uh Uh-oh. So I failed to mention this. So Kathy saw the same figure a few days ago as well. (gasps) 
did oh my gosh yeah. george gathered his children and wife and they all ran from the room the yeah. front door was wide open hanging on its hinges and again they, again and they oh. all but they managed to get out after everyone gathered into the van it surprisingly started up without a hitch oh. this was january 14th 1976 28 days 28 days oh. that same day father mancuso decided to take a vacation and visit relatives in san francisco he was to leave january 16th by 4 p.m., George called him from Kathy's mother's home and said they were to stay there until the scientific research of his home at 112 Ocean Avenue were to be conducted. George relayed the info that they couldn't leave that previous night, which stressed the father out. I didn't say much more, but every time Father Mancuso was in touch with George or thought or mentioned the Lutz's home, Father Mancuso was affected physically. Oh, man. Yeah. Remember, it's just this book is crazy. It yeah. Talks about him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So when George brought up the fact that the entities wouldn't allow them to leave, his palms began to itch and get blotchy. And he hung up on George without saying goodbye. Uh, yeah. Hoping and praying to be left alone. He's like, no, no more. Yeah. 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 Later, I don't want to be a part of this right? anymore. <laughs> no more. Later, the family felt relieved to be away from the home and they swore they would never step foot in that home again. Missy showed George a drawing she made of Jody running <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jody like gets me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like a clown. That's the heart. Yes. She's <laughs> like a clown. She's after I'm trying You're to turn her pigs, man. Stop. I'm trying to I'm trying to turn her into Peppa in my head so nope. that it's not it's as not bad. Work. But nope. dude. Dude. Oh. That night in bed, George felt like he was in a dream because he felt like he was floating, which he was. <gasps> he was floating. But they're not in the house though, right? They're not in the house. Not in the house. And he's he looked floating? over and saw Kathy floating away from him too. No. Why are they floating? He reached out to her, but Kathy was still floating. He felt as if he was, yeah, he was floating. So Kathy called to him and he floated back down. They left the room to find black green ooze coming at them up the More stairs. Ooze, but they're not in the house. Where are they? They realized they may never be able to get away from that was haunting them at 112 Ocean Avenue. Oh no. So it like latched on to them. And that's how it kind of ended with them. Yeah. February 18th, 1976. Okay. Marvin Scott of Channel 5 wanted to investigate the cursed home at 112 Ocean Avenue. And Wait, he wanted what year to spend is this again? 1976. It's still that same, same year. year. Okay. Just a month later. Okay. Invited were psychics, clairvoyants, a demonologist, and parapsychologists. They asked George for permission to film what was to happen, and he approved, but he would not set foot in the house again. Yeah. At then 10.30 p.m., the first seance was held, and among the group was Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yes. Thank you. Yay, Warrens. And I'll talk I'm about like, them more. I, yes. Yeah. I'm like, when were they going to show up? There you go. Oh, my gosh. A clairvoyant okay. became ill. So, again, this is all from the book. Um, yeah. A clairvoyant became ill, and she kept seeing a black shadow. The medium could tell it was in the bedroom. Ed Warren wanted to end the seance. Then the psychic researcher became violently ill. Lorraine Warren spoke up about the negative energy and said it wasn't something or someone that walked the earth ever. Oh, so it's a demon. <gasps> they felt the sewing machine room had ominous feelings and they claimed whatever was there was able to move around, but thought the home was more of a resting place. That's mm. why the Lutzes were haunted outside of the house. Wow. Then they claimed something evil or demonic in the inanimate objects. Lorraine indicated the fireplace and banister was a problem. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is a problem. Yep. While <laughs> sleeping, someone tried to capture infrared photos, but there was nothing. A second seance was attempted at 3.30 a.m., but they couldn't capture anything. They concluded the home needed an exorcism to clear. The Lutzes never met with the group, and they moved to California in March, leaving all their belongings behind. In the epilogue, Danny and Chris can describe the monster that chased them that final night. Misty gets upset when Jody is brought up. This is later in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kathy refused to discuss anything that ever happened in that home. George is willing to discuss the experiences to warn others. Yeah. In the afterward, Arson, oh, Anson explains that the testimonies of Kathy and George Lutz were verified by independent sources like Father Mancuso and Amityville police members. Now. Yes. I'm done with that book. Okay. And I know this is long, but I have to finish this out. Okay? Yes, you do. I need to tell you everything. Okay. okay. So I'm going to start giving you all the skeptics reviews of this and the Warrens reviews. Okay. 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 I'm ready. I'm ready. ready? I'm going to try to be quiet. Okay. I know. I'm, I'm sorry this is it. long. No, this is like probably the most fascinating thing that we've ever done. Right? I, I'm... St- uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's keep insane, going. right? Yes. It's exhausting too. Okay. Christopher Coratino... This is the son of Kathy Lutz. Okay, Chris. Okay. Yes, yes, He came forward to share his opinion of what happened in their home in Amityville. He claimed that the hauntings were not a hoax. However, he believed George Lutz brought the trouble to himself in the home because he dabbled in the occult. George. Did he really? Mm -hmm. But did did he before the house or... Because it was the 70s. It was a thing 70s. to do. A lot of people they, did. I didn't bring this up, but they, they talk about in the movie too, I think, but in the old, the old movie um, about something with meditation. And that was this biggest thing they did. But they didn't talk about the occult part. Later, he blew up the events that happened to make a profit from the books and movies that would come later. So Chris is cashing out on it. No. George. Oh, oh, George is cashing out on it. Yes. Well, I mean... I understand you want to yeah other people are cashing out on your experience exactly you might as well yeah so Chris said he felt extremely exploited from a Seattle Time article written in 2005 by Jennifer Smith Coratino said that when they first moved into the home in 1975 George Lutz was extremely curious of everything paranormal quote-unquote and tried to summon supernatural beings by chanting okay I don't know that I'd call it black magic, but it was a way to call up spirits, he said. Well, because I was wondering, because the DeFeos didn't seem to be haunted. And I don't know if anybody before them were. Nope. Nope. Coratino said he wanted to set the record straight from Lutz's version. He, this is quotes, he points his finger at the house and says there's something evil there, he said. Fingers should be pointed at what he had done. He's a perpetrator and an instigator. That's the sun. And then that's also why it followed them and it didn't stay necessarily in the house. Then we have Ronald DeFeo Jr.'s lawyer, William Weber. This is huge. Apparently, he and the Lutzes had some creative discussions about a book over several bottles of wine. Mm. Weber shared details of the DeFeo murders that he only knew while the Lutzes told him of the paranormal activity they experienced in order to spin a better version of a book. Mm. For example, Weber would talk about a neighbor's cat that peered into the DeFeo's window at night. This was spun into the red-eyed pig. Jody. Yeah. So you're scared of nothing. 
then so Missy, like there was no Jody. We don't know for sure. There could have been, but the way that Weber discusses with the Lutzes, most likely there wasn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Then Weber mentioned Ron DeFeo Sr. had an incident where he smacked his wife while she was holding a plate of red sauce spaghetti. Yeah. That's, you know, remember he's abusive. So yeah, that's yeah, still yeah. scary, right? Yeah. But this turned into mysterious ragu that then changed to green, green ooze goo. dripping down the walls and from keyholes. Weber <sighs> admitted, quote unquote, we took real life incidents and transposed them. In other words, it was a hoax. Later, Weber and the Lutzes parted ways over a dispute about money from the book. This is why Weber came out with all this. There was a lawsuit filed against Weber and others from Good Housekeeping when a couple articles were published about the Lutzes' experience, citing invasion of privacy and misappropriation of name for trade purposes and negligent infliction of mental distress. But then they countersued, claiming the Lutzes per perpetrated a fraud and breached a contract. The Lutz's case was dismissed, and after the dust settled, the counterclaim case went to the New York State Bar Association. The next day, finally, the counterclaim case was settled, and the entire case was dismissed. Hmm. See? That, man. Right? Okay. But, not, not man, because it makes me... You feel duped, right? I feel duped, but I also feel like a lot more at peace that that house wasn't as evil exactly as, and it's not the house it's not the house because i'm like my big question that i've been having in my brain is like what's happened to the house right like did other people move into that house? i'm gonna get into that okay i promise okay but the lutzes did seek author jay anson who made a documentary on the making of the exorcist and he agreed to write their story down in 1979 writers digest interviewed jay anson about the book and in his own words it's funny. Almost nobody ever says to me, hey, that book of yours is a bunch of bull. I don't didn't believe a word of it. Instead, they ask if I think what the Lutzes told me is true, said Anson. And I answer them the same way I answered you when you asked the question. I tell them that I have no idea whether the book is true or not, but I'm sure that the Lutzes believe what they told me to be true. He also went on to say, yeah, I know the psychical research people say I have made mistakes. They say that on such a such and such day when it was, I said it rained, it didn't rain. So what? I'm a perfectly normal human being and sometimes I make mistakes. Okay. 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 Then there's Father Pecoraro, known as Father Mancuso in the book. Mm -hmm. Now, as I quickly mentioned, while giving the detailed accounts of the Lutzes, the book really follows the father's life and detailed accounts of how the home really affected him. Right. During the case of Lutz versus Weber, George and Kathy Lutz were asked when and where they first met Father Pecoraro. Both stated around July 1975. Oh. But Anson's book claimed that Father Pecoraro helped the Lutzes before their marriage together and known him for a couple years before moving into the Amityville home. Uh-huh. Nope. Now, okay. Weber claimed Father Pecoraro never set foot in the Amityville home, but... Father Pecoraro went on record in an interview with the television series In Search Of, claiming he did go into the Lutz's home and, in fact, was slapped by an invisible force and told to get out by a disembodied voice. But he did not incur any other inflictions or suffer any physical harm that couldn't be explained. So he did okay. say he did get have that one event did happen. Okay. okay? So okay. that's still creepy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. still not good. Yeah. Next, researchers Rick Moran and Peter Jordan looked into the weather patterns of Amityville, New York during the Lutz's time frame living at 112 Ocean Avenue. 
They concluded there was no snowfall on January 1st, 1976. Therefore, mm. there could not have been cloven hoof marks in the snow. Okay. Also, they found there was no record of the Lutzes ever calling the police while in Amityville, which the book claimed they did. They did many times. Yes. Yeah. Nope, they never did. And they also discovered there was no bar called the Witch's Brew. I told you that, right? Right. So, sure, George could have visited the bar that Ron DeFeo Jr. had been at, but it was never called the, the Witch's, Witch's Brew. Brew. That was a little spookier name, right? Yeah. When the Lutzes fled their home in 1975, the house stood empty for a couple years and eventually went into foreclosure in 1977. But then in March of 1977, Jim and Barbara Cromartie purchased the home for only $55,000. Oh my God. Which is equivalent to 266000 in 2022. <sighs> wow. Good deal, right? Yeah, good deal. When they inspected the home, they noted that the doors, locks, and windows were all original and nothing had been repaired. So how were the doors and windows breaking and flying off the hinges? Yeah, they weren't. No. Uh, and that 250 uh, pound front door that was almost ripped. Yeah, no. Yeah, the no. Cromarties did find a screen door that was torn off its hinges, but most likely due to the gusty winds coming off from the Great South Bay, which makes sense because it was a very light, flimsy screen door, not the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was the door. Okay. But in order to avoid the spotlight, they changed the address to 108 Ocean Avenue. Okay. This didn't help a bit. No, because people know. As vandals know. and fans of the Amityville horror book and movie harassed the Cromarties, their doorbell ringing at all hours, asking for Ronald DeFeo, and even seeing the sturdy roof shingles being stolen while chunks of the lawn were ripped up. People, people. are crazy. People. One night, someone stood on their lawn and played their bugle at 3 a.m., <laughs> While living there, the Cromarties reported nothing paranormal ever happened to them. They ended up selling the home in 1987 to Peter and Jean O'Neill for 325k. More about what happened to the home for that point later. I'm so sorry this is long. We're gonna have to just keep going though. That's okay. Keep going. Good. You now, guys, you guys are awesome. Sticking it out. You can keep doing it. This Go. is a really good. I, I have to put it out here because this is such a good background to. The, the movie in the book. Anyway, so remember the research George Lutz did finding out the details about the Shinnecock Indians? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, they rejected that claim. <laughs> <laughs> the Lutz's home was never built on a site that the Shinnecock tribe used to abandon their mentally ill and dying. In fact, the Shinnecock tribe lived nowhere near Amityville. The Native Americans that resided on Long Island were part of the Montauket Nation, and it was the Europeans who placed names of the inhabitants in the local areas. But most likely, it was the Massapequans who most lived in Amityville. So okay. So, that was all wrong. right. Then, according to AmityvilleMurders.com, back in the 1600s, Amityville was part of Huntington Town, uh, Huntington Township. Huntington is approximately 13 miles away and checking their historical documents. There were several John Ketchums living in the area at the time, but records weren't completely exact. And it's not 100% that a John Ketchum ever lived or near the property of Amityville. Mm -hmm. And then there's the actual Ketchum family doing their own extensive research into their family history. They were able to determine that there was never a witch in their family named John Ketchum. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. So from the website, John Ketchum that came from Ipswich, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, close to Salem. He served as a representative to the local government there, moved to Long Island because some of this family and he was like a normal dude living his life. Okay, so not a witch. Not a witch. Just a normal person. Yeah. Now, in Anson's book, Kathy Lutz claims to dream about Luis DeFeo being shot in the head, right? Right. 
Yeah, no. Luis was shot twice in her upper body, never in the neck or head. The no. murder dream and other dreams of the DeFeos were admitted by lawyer Weber as b- more discussions between the Lutzes for their fabricated book together. Wah, 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 wah. And then the many r- critics and skeptics believe the real reason the Lutzes abandoned their home was because they couldn't keep up with the mortgage and tax payments. So they created a haunted house. That's the skeptics belief. OK, uh-huh. it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> they were in over their heads. They knew. Right. It. They only lived there for a month. Yes. Okay. In 1979, George Lutz went on the record with Washington Post stating, our critics are people who've never been in the house, just people who read a book. No one who was ever in the house who investigated it ever called it a hoax. No one with any credentials who was personally involved ever called it a hoax. Yeah. Now you're going to tell me what Ed and Lorraine thought, right? <laughs> no one who helped works. us there with the auction <laughs> yes all i know is that it happened to me she's so right so now i'm going to go into a tv show called shock docs about the warrens and they discussed this case yeah, right? i love it i love it i love it george lutz and ed warren were put together right by reporter lisa didio Lorraine took a relic with them and they asked many different clergy to bless and protect them before they visited the house, which they was like, yes, we're going to come come over. Media asked Lorraine to go to the second level. She reached a point where a force of water like a waterfall hit her chest. Mm -hmm. She claims it was the worst feeling. Oh, man. She stopped on the landing with her relic and asked for strength and direction and going forward. She said whatever was in the home felt ominous and human and negative. She felt nauseous and swore she could feel almost see the murders. Ed then took out a crucifix and demanded to show itself in the name of Jesus Christ. Ed felt the same waterfall effect and was forced to the ground. He told whatever was there to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. And Ed felt a demon infested the home. Two weeks later, they returned to hold a seance with paranormal investigators, which I talked about earlier, mediums and media. Lorraine also felt a demonic experience. A different medium felt a warlock lived there in 1928, which this was wrong because as Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, the Moynihan family lived there at a time with their six children. No one claimed there was a family with a warlock. So no, that was wrong. Okay. But back to the seance, they don't break through to anyone, but people began to feel feel ill. Cameraman went upstairs and then felt extreme chest pain and he doubled over. A psychic that went in there never entered another haunted house after that visit to their home. Oh, wow. Yeah. They said another exorcist needed to come clear the house. However, it never took place. They let the bank foreclose the house and the Lutzes moved to California. We know that. The Warrens kept in touch with their family to make sure they were okay. But Lorraine Warren went on to camera to state she believed it was one of the most haunted homes in the world. Oh, wow. Okay. Finally. Yes. What happened after the O'Neill family bought the home from the Cromarties? They ended up changing the infamous eye windows to square ones and filled in the in-ground pool. Then in 1997, the O'Neill sold the home to Brian Wilson. No, not from the Beach Boys. <laughs> for 310 k and he ended up fixing the boathouse and added a second sunroom to the backside of the house. He was able to make a large profit by selling it to Caroline and David D'Antonio in 2010 for 950 k That's a big jump. Yeah. The D'Antonios lived in the home peacefully for six years, but decided they wanted to sell it for 850 k no interested parties for a while. The home sold for 605K in March of 2017. None of these owners ever reported any unnatural activity in the home. 
Okay. So I think if if uh, Chris, <laughs> she just checked the time. I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. People are fascinated. This is fascinating. This is crazy, this right? This is good. Okay. Um, so my sense is that, uh, you know, if Chris is right and George dabbled in the occult, he brought something, he brought something in. on yes. to himself. Yes. Um, and maybe they did leave because the house was too expensive for them anyway. They saw an opportunity that, ooh, we can turn this into something. Right. And we can make some money. Um, but yeah, so I... I would agree that it's not the house. I think the Lutzes brought it on themselves. Exactly. And, um, but what an insane Isn't story insane? though. It's so good. I like that. I laughed. I cried. There were <laughs> pigs. <laughs> I'm a mess. <laughs> I feel relieved that like right? that, that house isn't no. as bad. No, as what the it, house is fine. Everybody. Cause it's a beautiful house yes. and I would hate for it to be like so haunted. Right. Oh, I mean, the scariest part to me about all of this. The DeFeo murders. The DeFeo murders, dude. Yeah. That was insane. And yeah. to this day, they still really don't understand why. I mean, yeah. The father he was, was abused a, and on drugs and he was a mess. Why the, the whole kid. family? That is so sad. So again, I think he did the whole family because like, I know he was going to do his parents. I think he just felt that the kids... Um, maybe he didn't want any witnesses. Maybe he didn't want, um, and it could the been. kids had nowhere to be. Right. Like he didn't have, there were no, I don't know. I think he just wanted to wipe the slate clean. Right. Or, I mean, he also could have been on like a crazy Super drug Super rage drugs, and yeah. just, you know, went right. nuts. But what are your theory <sighs> stitchers? After you digest all this, we want to know what you think about the Amityville horrors. You can email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. Please reach out to us because we love hearing from you guys and we want to know what you have to say and what you have to think. You can also jump over to any of our social medias, DM us, do whatever you want to reach out to us because we love to talk to you and see what you guys are doing. Um, and then you can also jump over to podbead.com and see all of these show notes. Uh, Nicole did such an awesome job with this. It's so thorough. You're so good at research. I You're love so it. Cute. You can also click on the patron button and become a patron Woo-hoo. today. Get patron exclusive content. Get a little something from us and uh, get shout outs because we love to shout out our patrons. We love them. Without our patrons, this would not happen. Nope. So thank you. Think about becoming a patron today so we can continue doing this for you guys. Okay, this is a long episode, but we do have one more thing to talk about. (laughs) One more. Gotta catch them all. It's movie time. week's movie review the amityville horror but this one in 2005 the 2005 one imdb rating is 5.9 stars and the synopsis which you already know newlyweds <laughs> are terrorized by demonic forces after moving into a large house that was the site of a grisly mass murder a year before yes did it feel 70s to you no, it didn't feel right? 70s to me. I don't think uh, they, they did a they good job They tried with that. to do with the costuming, but after watching the original one that really is the 70s, right? I'm like, <laughs> that's not really the costuming that was in the 70s. No. Like, 
it no. was his haircut i was like no that's like now like it's yeah, too modern. Yeah. Everything felt modern. Everything was modern. It was yeah. like the 90s trying to... It was like, okay, so every 20 years, trends come back, right? Right, right. So they were using 90s references for the 70s, 70s in yeah. 2005. Exactly. That's what it felt like, like to that's me. That's how it felt, too. Yeah. So Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Just still weird to see because I still see him as Deadpool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, he... Okay. Okay. But him without his shirt on. Oh, right oh so what's better james <laughs> brolin or him because i think i think you're gonna ask that <laughs> you did <laughs> what do you guys think oh my gosh um, no so yeah that was the best part of the movie yes, for me <laughs> i agree i agree so this movie i like that they kind of it's a very 2000s movie where they take something they redo it but they have some liberties with it to make it spookier a lot of liberties yes a lot of liberties and none of it is so none of that is you is, can't i think you can't you have to watch this movie as if it's just a horror movie not a it's not the story yeah because yeah. yeah. it has so many different things with it, it made me mad because i'm like yeah. this is not the story you know the story this is not yeah. the story and so it, I don't think it can be called Amityville because it's not the story. Exactly. They could yeah. have just changed the title of this movie, made it a totally different one. But, you know, they used that title because they were like, oh, this is going to get people to come see Watch the movie. It. Exactly. And and it's set in this same house. But yeah. other than that, <laughs> I, there's a few small little things. I mean, they tried to include those DeFeo murders, but they tweaked it. They made the little girl being killed in the closet awake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they named her Jody. Yes. So they made her jody yes and then what else there's just so many different liberty liberties like the catch them catch them and kill them <laughs> gotta catch them <laughs> i that was i was in my head the entire time i was watching the You're movie funny. gotta catch them <laughs> pokemon oh um, man but yeah so and then he killed the dog which the made dog, me mad yeah. but, senseless violence against animals in a movie yeah that and you then don't he need. almost got away with killing the is that okay who who played the little girl was that Chloe yeah. Moritz? Yeah. She, it was she's so tiny. cute. Tiny she's so Chloe. tiny. Yeah. She she's is, so cute. She's so cute. She was perfect for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was the other funny thing. I was like, none of them look like her. And yeah. I know they're, they're her, her kids from her husband, but none of them yeah. look the same. Like I was yeah. like, the casting in this is weird. Yeah. For the kids. Yeah. I think so. Um, but yeah. And it, I, there's just so many silly things. So this was just a different movie in my head. I had to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not the same movie. I very much prefer the original me one. Me too. Yeah. I was, this one's a little spookier in some senses because they know how to do that with Hollywood now, but it's a very 2000s. Exactly. Like, horror movie. Yeah. 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 So like. it's just I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's not the story. It's not. And, um, you get to see Ryan Reynolds without a shirt on. Yeah. Cool. Go see that part. The way they did his <laughs> eyes, though, that was oh, so yeah, weird. The whole time. Yeah. That, just to help freak you out that he's going crazy. We knew he was going crazy. We know the story. Yeah. But I I like the, the sweet, gentle, sarcastic Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Me too. That he was very, very intermittently in this movie. Yes. I don't like the dark Ryan Reynolds. No, I don't. Mm -mm. No. I'm like, that's not, not you. Necessary. Stop it. Don't go to the dark side. No, no dark side. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and the Native American theme, they threw that in again from the book. That's what they kind of leaned into mostly. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that was the tie in for them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's like, make it. Oh, okay. This is where they had all the Native Americans and they were tortured. And right. Yeah. Mm, no, no, no. 
So <laughs> how many stitches would you give this? Uh, four. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'd say the it's same. Not, it's not as good. It's like a good, like I said, if you step back and not know anything about the Amityville real murders and, and horror book. Yeah, it's a good scary movie. It's a good scary movie. But it's not the Amityville. No. No. And the whole like him going crazy and having is it Billy the bigger kid with the yeah. with the, the the holding the wood yes. and he's like move right and like, no and then Hollywood putting the babysitter as this like sexy pot smoking lady. yeah and trying to like <laughs> trying so to weird. corrupt Billy yes. and like deflower him seriously no he's a twelve year old innocent boy right? yes he's his eyes oh. are open now and he sees yes. that but come on dude that was gross silly silly movie yeah. anyway. Yeah, I give it a four. This is on Max. Uh, you can probably stitch to it. I think I was I was stitching to it. Yeah, I was stitching to yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. But <laughs> sorry to end it on a downer, guys. We don't like this movie. Go watch the original Amityville. Yeah, go You'll watch have the a original. much better time watching that but one. But like you said, go check out Ch- Ryan Reynolds with his shirt off. <laughs> That's about you it. You can watch it to that scene and then turn and it like, off. You're I'm done. done. <laughs> Well, thanks for sticking it out. That was a long one. It was a long one, but it was so good. I had to throw all that information so in. My castle ones were much longer and not nearly as fun as this. That's not this true. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Floating entities of elementals. No, that uh, was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the compliment. I was really trying to give you a compliment. You're so, so take sweet. it. So I say can't. thank you. Yes, you can. Mean. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for that's a long it. episode and an whoop, whoop. exhausted Nicole. Yes, I'm and tired. And a fired up Angela. <laughs> Until next time, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Uh-huh.